Well, you know what Tom Coughlin said? If you're 15 minutes early, you're late. So <laughs> That's true. All right, Fish, so uh, we're waiting for the hard line here, but uh, let's talk about some takeaways from the NFL weekend. What do you got? Uh, quick. Last week I bagged on old men, Tam, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers pooping the bed, and they really yep. stood up. I watched, did you, if you watch the game in Germany, Tom Brady, he's always spot on. And Aaron Rodgers, yep. I mean, their, their season's on the brink. They're down 28-14 to 14 to the Cowboys. And one of their rookie receivers, Christian, Christian Watson, really stood up and great comeback by – by Green Bay. Second thing I'm gonna uh, that, that I took away from is um, this catch. The, you remember Odell Beckham's catch? As we welcome you to Orchard Park with two minutes left in a four-point game. Kirk Cousins back to throw on fourth and 18. He's given time. He wants Jefferson. Climbs the ladder. Oh my goodness! Justin Jefferson pulled it in. The catch of his life. But we gotta look back at this. How does he maintain possession all the way through? Not allow that ball to hit the ground, and he just steals After it play, from Cam Lewis. Foul, unnecessary reference, defense number 47. That's a 15-yard penalty. Automatic first down. Justin Jefferson. So is that the catch of the day? Yes. Catch of the year, maybe? Well, yeah, that's my second thing. Catch of the year? Okay, my third thing. We saw two of the best games yesterday with the comeback with Green Bay and Dallas. And you're texting me, Buffalo and Minnesota might be in the best game I've seen in years. It's not not named Buffalo and Kansas City in a playoff game. Yeah, so close to that it. was my three yeah. things. There's Hardline. Hardline is in with us. Hardline, we're we're talking about the uh, about the great uh, great game between the uh, Vikings and the uh, Bills yesterday. So uh, welcome to the show, and uh, we'll introduce everybody in a little bit. So so what's your what's your next take there, Fish? You got you, you got that, and what's your next one? That was it. I, said, uh, I, I said the first one was that the old man came to play. Second one was that catch. The third one is we saw two of the greatest games this season yesterday, uh, one in the morning here in Las Vegas at 10 o'clock time, and then the afternoon game. Other than that, you know, every, everything's out. The, the cream is starting to rise at the top in week 10. You see the teams that are that, going to start making their runs. Keep an eye on the 49ers, gentlemen. Just keep an eye. They're getting healthy. Keep an eye. It's a good point. Really good point. All right, Hardline, what are your three takeaways from yesterday's games? Or uh, three, weekend games? Uh, well, three takeaways would be uh, Buffalo has some questions going on forward. I know you guys answered on that. I don't know if it's Josh Allen's elbow. Um, which I know has been kind of a situation moving forward. But one thing that definitely has to change is a little bit of his decision-making. I mean, you know, when we he's getting into the red zone, he's making decisions that he normally hasn't made before, maybe trying to force a couple of things, which have caused turnovers in the last two games. Uh, and right now, gentlemen, you know, look, the AFC East is a very tight division. It's very, very small margin of error that you can make. Uh, you've got three teams sitting at top that either one could win and either one can make a deep playoff run where we're talking about the Dolphins, the Jets, or the Bills. So it's not as guaranteed as the beginning of the season where we thought the Bills were just going to run away with the division and make an AFC championship game. I mean, it, you know, right now you're looking at Miami and they've got one receiver that's got 1,100 yards as of yesterday after the end of the game yesterday and one receiver that's on his way to another 1,000 yards. And this we're talking about – this is happening from a quarterback that we all thought might be replaced before the start of the season even began. Uh, so 
you know, kudos to that. A really good point, Hardline, is I think all four teams in the AFC East, if if the playoffs began today, all four of them would be in it. Yeah, you know, it's it's no longer, you know, the Patriots and, and everyone else. So it's yeah. it's a changing of the guard to a certain degree. Uh, my second biggest takeaway is uh, kudos to the Lions on back-to-back wins. Uh, you know, Dan Campbell was on the was on the hot seat for a little while. He's still on the seat a little bit, but you know, a win against Green Bay and a win against uh, the rising Chicago Bears right now, especially in your division, goes a long way to keeping your job. Uh, you know, we'll talk about them playing the Giants later on uh, on the show today, but there's a lot of belief. I mean, they've made some changes that need to happen. Do I think that Jared Goff is going to stay later on? I'm not sure, but for a team that's missing um, its first round draft pick. And Jamison Williams that they that they moved up to get and a couple other pieces, you know, they're they're starting to finally get a little bit healthy. And kudos to Jamal Williams right now. I think he's top five in rushing TDs in the league, which is something you normally don't hear Detroit Lions running back uh, to say. Uh, the last thing, and, and I know Fish, you know, it, it's it's going to break your heart. Uh, I watched that post game press conference yesterday with Derek Carr, and uh, you know, Daily texts me. And to me, I said, there's two things that are either going to have to happen, and I think it's very apparent. Either Derek Carr knows he's going to be replaced, and I think if you're going to sacrifice the season to try and move up in the draft to get the quarterback you think might be the franchise, maybe you start playing your backups with the hopes that you can keep Derek Carr healthy to trade him, or they're really coming for Josh McDaniels, and he's going to be out probably sooner rather than later. I would think that McDaniels probably stays because it's an easier sell to the fans that maybe this just wasn't his team and he came over and took over something. But you've had Derek Carr there for a number of years and it's been the same result. And the fact that he said, you know, to paraphrase, because I'm not going to quote verbatim, is the fact that he's like, they've had way more success, more success than I've ever had in my career. uh, The two men that are leading this locker room. And that's very apparent to me and very transparent as a quarterback, when you come out and you make that statement, I think that that's a statement that you make when somebody's maybe told you, hey, going forward throughout the rest of the season, you may not be the starter. Fish, what do you think on that? You agree with that? What? About Carr? Yeah. I got nothing. I, I promised Gabriel I would say nothing bad about the Raiders. But I, what he just said, first of all, you can't trade him. He's got no trade clause. He's not giving it up, he said. First of all, if you watch his press conference, all right, he threw the ball under the bus. He never takes accountability. He's not Josh Allen that says, I suck. I, I got to play. Okay. Josh McDaniel cannot coach. It's obvious that it's got to be an explosion. If you want me to talk bad about the Raiders, I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but it always starts at the top. We have the most losses in the league. I say this every time the last 12 years. I don't judge owners. They could be assholes like Daniel Snyder, maybe, or. Jerry Jones might be a little, you know, indifferent because he's a great man, Mark Davis. I judge him by wins and losses. Carr is 19 games to 500. It's not the reason. Hard line. I want to get off there. I want to get the Daily's takes. The yeah. Raiders are last, first time in the history of the NFL. They're last in every defensive category. A fucking guy at a high school called plays named Parks. He's never called plays in a game before, ever, at any level. Yeah. And the Colts had 440 yards offense on that Raider defense. Carr was 24 out of 37 for 275 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, he, he, he suffered. It's not all his fault. You cannot win with the last-ranked defense every year. Sorry. 
Yep. All right. Uh, yep. Let me give you my th three takeaways here. Uh, Vikings, Bills, again, I, I think it was the best game of the season so far. A gutty battle, both sides. I, I thought what was interesting, and Fish, when you showed that uh, uh, the video of uh, Justin Jefferson making that incredible catch, you know, Cam Lewis, good defensive back. I mean, he was in great position. I, I think that Cam Lewis actually helped him hold on to the ball. If you look at it, the one hand, and then Cam's hands mm. are underneath that. I actually think that it, it, it actually helped him hold on to it to make that great catch, even though he was trying to to do the interception. Um, I, and I agree with you, Hardline. I, I think both Josh Allen, I think Kirk Cousins, at times in really important times of the game, both of them, you know, either Cousins was tripping over someone's feet or, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, Josh Allen was fumbling on the one inch line, you know, uh, you know, that, I mean, that was just, that was unbelievable. Go ahead, Fish. Well, I'm doing more, I want to talk, I'm doing more to him. Josh Allen just lost his MVP bid with that game. You can't, you know, but the fact yeah. that the pundits in this morning are saying that Justin Fields is having a better season than Kirk Cousins, I can't listen to him. I'm done. I'm boycotting all the morning shows, all right? Kirk Cousins had a great second <laughs> half. They're 8-1. Justin Fields hasn't thrown the fucking ball for more than – he's a great runner. But he hasn't thrown for more than 171 yards in any game. That, yeah. that being said, I don't want to take your time. These are my three top uh, MP candidates right now. Don't laugh. Patrick Mahomes, Tua Tagovailoa, and Jalen Hurts. That's simple. You know? Thanks. Yeah, no, that's right. that's not bad. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this because I don't want to stop daily. Is fish? You got to understand the organization that Justin Fields plays for. No matter how good of a quarterback they have, they try to rein that quarterback in and be a, a run heavy offense. So the fact that he's doing what he's doing, and you know, look, we talked about this a few weeks ago, where I thought Justin Fields, if they let him loose, would be better than what a lot of people have thought. And the last two weeks, even though they've lost. That's what you want from the first-round pick quarterback that you got. You can build on that. But what you got the first half of the year, real questionable. All right, let me uh, just – uh, he, he threw two picks. He threw a pick six. They're up 24-17. You watch a game. I'm rooting for the – I love the Lions. I love Dan Campbell. I love Jerry Goff. Daily. Sorry, I do. He, you know, yeah. look, look at the injuries those guys have the Lions. Daily, go ahead. I'm going to hear your three things. We'll get back. Okay, well, the end of my the end of my take was I, I actually think the Vikings are legit. I don't think I was giving them a lot of legitimacy up until but watching them yesterday, I, I think they're they're a legit contender. Obviously, the record shows it. Um, the Bucks and the Seahawks, you guys uh, touched on that. Uh, you know, Brady's back. What I thought was interesting was that the Bucks defense was there, and Rashad White, what a great addition. I mean, Leonard Fournette could be out uh, for the season. We don't know yet. He's got a hit problem. Uh, what a great addition, or just jumping into the fray finally and really controlling it. That's what really helped Brady. I thought Brady was good. And I've said this all season long when everybody was knocking him. I still think his footwork is good. His arm is still good. Um, I'm still a little uh, Aaron Rodgers. I just, his footwork doesn't look right to me. He doesn't look right throwing the ball, even though he did win yesterday and he did bring him back. So anyway, that uh, Browns, forget it. Uh, so my question to you guys is on the Browns, uh, Deshaun Watson starts practicing today, and he could be playing the first of the month. Do you think the Browns bring him in as the starting quarterback in early yeah. December? I'll, I'll go first. Let me get their game. They're playing this week. They are playing a tough team. Cleveland's playing Buffalo and Buffalo. That's a loss. That means they're going to be yeah. three and eight. And then Thanksgiving weekend, Cleveland plays. Um, I just had him on here. Um, Lions. Uh, they have a they have a bye week. 
on Thanksgiving. No, I'm sorry. They play Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay. They're three and nine. So when Deshaun Watson comes back, it's going to be irrelevant. You're not. It's nine losses in that conference that you. One of you guys said daily that four teams right now from the AFC East can make the playoffs. Not you have to have a winning record. They can't be eight and nine. So does Sean Watson play? Yeah, they want to sell tickets. He's a story. Yeah. All right. Um, I just think you know what if if you're the Cleveland Browns organization, I think that you start Deshaun Watson. I think you try to get all the booze, all the jars out right now. The season's not going to go anywhere. You're not going to make the playoffs. Go ahead, get everything out right now. Let people get their emotions out, whether they like them, dislike them, however they feel. Ride that out so that next season when you start back, I'm not going to say it's a clean slate, but it's a better situation than you have moving forward. And, Fish, I, I would counter that and say I would not necessarily give Buffalo that win uh, when they go to Buffalo because I, I thought clearly Buffalo at home would beat the Vikings. And, you know, there's no guarantees in this game. There's no guarantees, but the Vikings are 7-1 and one and have some quality wins. Cleveland's, Cleveland's defense is ranked 30th. Buffalo's going to have to get right, okay? Josh Allen lost that yeah. game. I mean, I don't think Jacoby Brissett's going to throw the ball like Kirk Cousins did. I don't. Yeah. Nope, I agree. All right, folks, welcome to Daily Fish, coming to you from Vegas and Myrtle Beach. And uh, I'm John Daly. He is Eric Fishneider, and we have the hard line, John Hardison. From the Cost of Winning podcast and all of his great sports betting advice, we'll have that certainly coming up in the rest of the show. Got questions or comments? Drop them in the chat box or email us at dailyfish1, the number one, dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right. Um, is, is it time now to punt on any coaches or quarterbacks? I know we kind of touched on that a little. Do you think it's time? I mean, obviously, it's, the Colts have already done that. Do you think he made a great point, Hardline. I, you know, you, you, is a coach section in the quarterback? Yes. But there's huge, huge chatter that McDaniels lost that locker room. So you bring in a rookie quarterback in a market that's already losing people. There's empty seats in that house. So you're going to choose a coach sometimes over a quarterback if the coach shows signs of the team playing competitive and doing, you know, the, the Raiders are Einstein. You know, what, what, what did Einstein say? Was it Einstein? Said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, you know? It's no, I, I think I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's one example. What about you, Harlan? I can't think of any other examples where the coach and the quarterback are going at it right now. Maybe Carolina, but Steve Wilkes is an interim. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Carolina, you, you, if they did hire Steve Wilkes, it wouldn't be uh, a knock. I, and if they let him go, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, Saturday made a strong case the other day in terms of punting on the coaches. Because there's always someone on the hot seat. We already talked about the first one. The one I would think of would be Nathaniel Hackett, honestly. I mean, that is one with their situation right there for as much money as they owe Russell Wilson moving forward. Uh, he could definitely be out after one season. Oh, It has oh, not yeah. gone very well for what they thought. Uh, their pass game is atrocious. Their run game is atrocious. The only thing that's been pretty good is a, uh, <laughs> is a defense. I keep this name out there right now. And I know he's been around the league a lot. He gets to the Super Bowl. He doesn't do very well. Um, I would not be surprised because he is, a, I think he's, I don't know if he's an offensive coordinator or offensive uh, specialist. John Fox getting another shot. I mean, you know, what he wow. did with the Colts yesterday was pretty impressive when you took a guy that barely practiced all week and he ran off a, what, a 40-yard run at being in late 30s. You know, he's good. He's a good offensive guy. He's a good offensive mind. 
Yeah, he doesn't win the big games, but he can at least get you over eight to nine wins a season. John Fox runs the defense with Gus Bradley. All right. Yeah, I'm not going to throw under the bus, but he wasn't in the stadium yesterday. So he had some personal stuff going on. I don't like that. I'll tell you another one I do like, and you'll agree with me. You want to talk, get a of a great topic here. Pun on coaches and quarterbacks. Keep an eye on Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. That's one where the team yeah. choose a quarterback over the coach, I guarantee you. I would have said it was a definite, except that the Cardinals won this past well, week. Let, let me ask you this, guys. Let me ask you this, Daly and, and Harlan, real quick. So, so every A lot of pundits, man, would they brutal. Don't have Danner's lost you, Rex Ryan. Bill Carroll was in tears calling a disgrace that Jeff Saturday is a head coach. How the fuck did he do yesterday? He let his coaches coach. Those players are going crazy. They played their best game of the season. He tells everyone, everyone, including the Raiders, and they admitted it, that Sam Ellinger is going to start, and he starts Ryan. And that idiot McDaniel said, well, well, we didn't prepare for Matt Ryan. So <laughs> how bad does Saturday do? Why can't people get a chance? You know? I, I, I don't think well, it's necessarily. Saturday goes 7-1 the rest of this season. Does he get the job next year? Yes. I mean, it's it's a strong possibility, but I think the reality is, and, you know, look, we, we've gone over this a bunch of times in terms of the fact that Ursay didn't it's – it's a loop within the coaching hiring process. And that's kind of the situation in which we're going to right now is there's a lot of guys that are qualified. Are Is it even worth them taking the interview next year if you're going to say Jeff Saturday is already my guy and you're not interviewing anybody? Yes, he's got the interim tag, so you didn't have to go through the normal – hiring processes of the Rooney rule, but you've got a, a bunch of other guys out there that have had coaching experience, have coached at this different level, have been coordinators, you know, um, control guys, assistants. Are you saying that, and it's not a knock against Jeff Saturday, it's not. Obviously he won yesterday. Are you saying that even after the years that they've put in in terms of being qualified, that still doesn't make them better, if not on the same par as someone who only coached a high school football team. And I'm not saying that the man doesn't know football. You know, you don't become an all-pro and you don't win a Super Bowl not knowing football. But that's, you know, the question on that side of the ball. And, and I, I would agree with you on that. And uh, Daily Lombardi of, said, I don't coach. Yeah. Well, and you hear a lot of other coaches, though, today are talking Lombardi about, made hey, a great point. Where I'm not going to be with my kids. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to. I'm going to lose my life because all I'm doing is I'm coaching. And then this guy just literally walks in off an ESPN set and he becomes a coach. On the other hand, look what he did next week. They play the Eagles who at this point are undefeated. So it'll be interesting to see how that happens. If he beats the Eagles next week, that's incredible. Yeah. So yeah. we'll figure that out. I think, I think yesterday he played the worst team in the national football league. Houston has more heart real quick daily yeah. Lombardi. He had a great quote. He goes, I'm not a coach. He goes, and Landry quoted him on this and Beck and Parcells. I'm a leader of men. And Jeff Saturday, it's a leader of men. Rich Masaccia, real quick, the Raiders interim coach, he's a special teams coach. He never had a head coach, but he, he's a leader yeah. of men. They went to him and the Raiders rallied around that. Sometimes you need that figure in there. And obviously Frank Reich wasn't. And, and they went to the playoffs last year. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. All right, next topic here. Uh, the NBA and anti-Semitism. Kyrie Irving is still not allowed to play due to his promotion of an anti-Semitic film. He says he has apologized, but no one really knows when he's coming back. What's your take on this? Go ahead, Fish. Well, he has. You know, he's a puff boy. I'll tell you what. You guys watch Saturday Night Live. Did you see Dave Chappelle's monologue this past week? Either one of I you? I missed it. No, I didn't get to. Oh. 
Oh, my God. He went after Yee. He went after Trump. He went after Kyrie. He went after everybody. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't really have a take on this because if he says he apologized, is he sincere? He didn't apologize until he hit his pocketbook. So that makes a lot of people, you know, a little weary of it. But I don't know. I mean, you know, the guy wouldn't take the vaccine, so he couldn't go on the road last year. He still earned this flat. He thinks Kim Kardashian and Kardashians have talent. I don't know, you know. <laughs> Hardline, what's your take? Uh, you know what? It's it's a really dicey situation, and I don't really know kind of what the end game – well, the end game is for him to get back. I know he met with Adam Silver uh, over the, last week, and I know Silver says he's like, I don't believe that he's anti-Semitic at all. Uh, but the question is, what does the league want to do with this? And Jalen Brown brought up a good point. You know, there's a difference, as he said, in terms of CBA between you tweeting what you think and putting a link and what does this mean in terms of our collective bargaining moving forward? And what is the punishment moving forward? Because they're in uncharted territory. Of they've never dealt with this. So can the NBA uh, impose the, the punishment that they want right now? Or does that contradict the CBA? And where does this go? Do they, you know, does this end up going to court or do they try to just make amends and move forward and move on? There is a lot of questions moving on with this. And there's a lot of questions after this season gets done in terms of social media policies and uh, and media policies that they're going to have to figure out and go and, and figure out from there. The only person that I would probably say I don't understand in this whole situation was uh, LeBron's comments in regards to Kyrie Irving. For someone that's not in that locker room, for someone that's not close to the situation happening at hand, I thought it was kind of a poor taste for him to make his comment. I think the best thing he could have said is, look, I'm not in that locker room. I'm not around this guy. I'm not in that organization. That's up to them and Adam to make the best decision, what he thinks is best for our brand and for our league. I have no, you know, no race, no dog in this race. What did he say? I, I heard that. What did he say? Basically, uh, to sum it up, he was like, you know, he, I, I think he, it was stupid. You know, I think that he shouldn't have said all this, all, all these different things. I'm like, you're putting yourself in a situation that you don't need to be in. Yes, you're the most, you know, known basketball player probably on the planet Earth right now. Uh, but don't put yourself in a situation that you don't have to put yourself in because the media is just going to keep coming back and keep asking you for your response. And you're not in Brooklyn every day. That's that's a Kyrie Irving, uh, Joseph Tassi, Sean Marks, Adam Silver situation. And look, the headquarters of the NBA is in New York. Let them deal with it there. Yeah, I, I I see what you're saying, but I I I do think someone like uh, LeBron deserves his opinion as well. Uh, I think Kyrie deserves his opinion, as uneducated and as stupid as it is. Uh, I think they should have it. But you're right. I think it's going to be between the players' association and the and the league to kind of figure out exactly what's going to happen there. All right, let's move on. College hoops predictions. One of the great things about the end of the World Series is you know that college hoops is coming up. They played on an aircraft carrier, Gonzaga and Michigan State, this past weekend. Great game to watch. Kind of weird as far as hitting a three-point shot. But let's give our final four picks since we are there. Fish, you want to go first? North Carolina, Houston, Baylor, and UCLA. Baylor's the most physical college. Remember last year? It's hard to even get in the key on those guys. They're the most physical college basketball team I've ever seen. You're part of the woods, North Carolina. It goes back to Dean Smith until the present. They always put someone. What's the one? I can't pronounce the kid's name. You said he could have gone pro, but he didn't. Loaded. Yeah. 
Yeah. Shit. You want Final Four? Go for it. Go for it, Harlan. What do you got? Uh, so I'll say because it all depends on how the brackets are set up. So this is Earth. Arkansas, UCLA. Uh, I'll take North Carolina and I'll go Gonzaga just because they get a lot of love for some random reason. But uh, I'll go with that. But you know, look, this might be. I'll, I'll phrase it this way: This might be Gonzaga's last shot because if they ended up moving to that Big Twelve, it's a lot harder than that whack. Yep, that's true. All right, uh, here are my four picks. I'm, I'm going with Kentucky to win it all. Uh, I got the Tar Heels in there. Uh, I have Gonzaga in there as well. But here's my surprise pick. I got the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, mm. Coach Mike Woodson, uh, you know, he played under oh. Bobby Knight. Um, I think he's got them in a position. And their star forward, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, you know, he actually came back for another year for this. So I'm, I'm actually going with him. What I love about this is that, you know, I still think, you know, with this portal, you're going to have teams like, for instance, I wouldn't be surprised if Houston got in. Eastern Michigan almost beat Michigan the other day. It was actually a really good game. Wyoming's supposed to be a good team. My Friars, Providence College, they could do something. Nobody's picking them because they lost five of their starters from last year, and they filled five more from the portal. Cooley's a great coach. Is he going to do it again? He could. UConn is a great team. Michigan State. Michigan State, they're they're not going to finish in the top 10, but what they've done with their – what Izzo did with their schedule, Mm -hmm. they play about 10 top 10 teams in their non-conference schedule. And they're going to be, I think, a tough team. They could be 17 and 12 and get into the conference and do something that way. So um, – those they are always pretty strong. Uh, you know, Michigan State's always a team. I, that's the hard part about Michigan State. You never know. They have some seasons where they sneak up on people and they make the Final Four. And I know people forget just about three years ago they were in the Final Four where they played Texas Tech, you know, and, and try to get on that last-second run and just it just couldn't hit it. Uh, you know what's the beautiful thing about what's going on now? And I, I'll say this about the NCAA, whether it's basketball or, or more so basketball than football, but it's getting there. We are going to regionalist sports, meaning, you know, we're, t- we're saying that Gonzaga, who plays all the way in the Pacific Northwest, is going to now be in the Big 12, which has been predominantly more, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas. And then we're talking about in terms of football, UCLA going to play back east. It is, it's just amazing that now it used to be so based on regions and now it, it's kind of, you play who you want to now. And then nothing's up there. You're going to pay for the package. You're going to see whatever team you want to see. National conferences. All right. All right. Later in the show, Hardline is going to have his March Madness prop bets as well. All right. Thanks for uh, joining us, everybody. And before we jump into anything else, it's time for Fish's favorite memes of the week. What do you got this week, buddy? I'm, I'm enduring. This is the worst season I could ever remember. 47 years watching the Raiders hardline. You weren't even born when I first, first started watching the Raiders. And <laughs> this is the worst I could ever imagine. It's so depressing and frustrating. But I found a picture of the Raiders think tank daily going into this Colts game, knowing they're going to you know, go up against high school coaches. This is the, Raider, this is the Raiders coaches room right here. <laughs> 
Yeah. Picture of we, Bill we Clinton to a seventeen point lead. Yeah. And then I'm a I'm Monica Lewinsky. It says Raiders. So seventeen point lead and blow it. Get that. <laughs> All right. We talked about last week about what's your favorite sporting event, you know, the loudest sporting event. We talked about great, great announcing teams from you know, Pat Summerall, Tom Brookshire, Madden, some, uh, you know, uh, Summerall, baseball, great baseball, Tony Kubek and Joe Garagiola. This is the longest and most first announcing team in the history. You can call it sports. Remember these guys, Daly? Gorilla Monsoon <laughs> and Bobby the Brain Heenan, all right? They did every major wrestling thing for like 40 years, and they brought such a, a live vigorous broadcast. Heenan would get out of his chair and go in the ring and start fighting guys. You know, it's all yeah. fixed or like that. So I went from Gorilla Monsoon. Just, I, I, look, some of my family shows up at chess events. Gorilla Monsoon to the actual, look at this guy. <laughs> he, wow. he, could, he could go shirtless I mean, in the come winter. On. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she, wow, look at those shoes he's wearing. I mean, look, could you, wow. You, you, is there a manscaping tool that, that has in front of that guy? Wow. It's my I, I think there's got to be. I just, I just think nature or God is really cruel when they can put bot, a hair all over a man's body from his neck down and not on the top of his head. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, they say when you get older, Hardline, that you grow more hair in your nose and your ear and, you, and your ears and you lose it on top yeah. of your head, you know? So, yeah. I, I can remember the first time that uh, I, I, I must have been in my 40s or 50s, and I remember Terry going, oh, you got that old man here now coming out of your ears. So and she stayed with me, so that's a good sign. But, yeah, it does happen. Vicky got, right. got me a Christmas present. It was one of those nose things, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hard line, it's coming, buddy. <laughs> All right, folks, we are Daily Fish. We talk sports, entertainment, politics, everything in between. Just like you do, no woke, no extreme, no social justice cops here. You got a problem with us? Let us know. Questions, comments, or even a factual challenge of us. Email us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, now it's time for our schmuck of the week. Who do you got, Fish? Who's been schmucky? I'm making a New Year's end the resolution to be nice on people. So last week we showed all these great tweets. These actual newspaper articles. These are actual newspaper headlines. So first one, then I'll and then we'll go hard line to whatever. I'll call you out. <laughs> Just out. Got to read this. It's a listening audience. <laughs> State population <laughs> to double by 2040. Babies to blame. That's that's what Sacramento be. State population to double by 2040. <laughs> All right, you want to take this to the next one, Daily? Because it's it's insane. All right. All right. Woman in sumo wrestling suit assaulted her ex-girlfriend in a gay pub after she was waved after she waved at a man dressed as a Snickers bar. That makes sense. That's that's the London Post. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> All right, you, you, you could have this one, Hardline. I, I can't figure this one out. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I can't read the first the prisoner. first word. Prisoner. Prisoner serving 2,000 years sentence could face more time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, that's breaking news. Yes. I got this one. All right. This is from the San Francisco Chronicle. Tiger Woods plays with his own balls. Nike says. <laughs> <laughs> no, John's dog was riding for the Sacramento Bee. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. All right, Dan, you can have one. Dan, you go, baby. All right. This is all you. Uh, oh, this is definitely, this has got you and me written all over it. Man eats underwear to beat breathalyzer. <laughs> Look at this guy's Ooh. face. Talk about a, that's Stetler, Pennsylvania. Talk about a oh, pedophile. And then you know what, buddy? Hard time. You got a little zing to you. Read this one. This is the last one. Locked in Looney Ben for it? sex with Pop-Tart. What the? Well, I guess <laughs> it's doing, huh? <laughs> that's, that's the question. The question that's is, was the Pop-Tart toasted that, for I did some research. <laughs> that actually happened. A, a guy tried to have sex with the Pop-Tart, so you could do the visuals. I just want to know if it was a regular Pop-Tart and it has a frosting on it. That's what I want. <laughs> that's my Schmucks, Schmuck newspaper articles. Are you kidding me? Wow. Oh, my God. That's great stuff. All right. So now we're going to find out who's got the swag. Who are we going to be toasting this week, Fish? Toasting a hundred-year-old man. Okay, this is Giacomo Jack Poma, whose daughter truly loves him because she took him to see some strippers to celebrate his century on Earth. He recently wow. celebrated a hundred trips around the sun, and the special occasion his daughter Dina took her to a Dallas gentleman's club, the Lodge. So check him out there. Wow. And, and, and look at him with these girls over here, hardline, okay? The girls said he was a great tipper. No shit. Look at this guy. He's 100 years old. He said, quote, if I'm going to go out and my ticker goes out, I'm going out with my face in a, in a sludge of breast. He's teaching me $100. That's my swag, big time swag. What do you guys think? Raise your toes this guy. That's great. Oh, that's, that's the best right, way, too. All right, and now we are going to toast him. Oh my God, with, we're going to toast Giacomo with our drink of the week. What are we sipping this week, Fish? Well, no pun intended, but a hot toddy because he had his face in hot toddies. It's cold. <laughs> Daily Texan this morning said it's 31 degrees in Carolina. We've been dealing with some, some, some coolness here. Um, besides, hard, this is a hard lines backdrop in Las Vegas. Hot toddy. Real simple. Uh, very, very simple. You can put brandy, whiskey. You put some uh, honey in there, a little sugar, boom. It's also, it's great if you're not feeling good or you think you got a cold coming on, make yourself a hot toddy. Absolutely. Good one, Fish. Mm. All right. And Jack our, Coma. what's that? Jack cool. Coma, baby. I love it. Jack Coma. Okay. So our Daily Fish Drink of the Week is sponsored by Shucks Tavern in Vegas. Great seafood and drinks in two locations. Head to the Shucks Tavern on North Durango on the northwest side of town where fish is overnight. All you got to do is say Daily Fish Podcast. You get a free drink. Do it the next day, a free appetizer. That's Shucks Tavern. Check out Shucks Tavern on Facebook. And again, this is Daily Fish. We are on Facebook at daily.fish.5. You can subscribe there. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. Watch us on Facebook at Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. Check out Daily Fish on YouTube and Wingding TV and also Hey Vegas TV. And you can check out all of our posts throughout the week as we give you plenty of news and updates on everything that's going on in the sports world and everything that's going on with our show. And that is on Facebook and also on Twitter. All right, now it's time for some bets 
with the Daily Fish Hardline. Again, he is John Hardison. He has the podcast, The Cost of Winning, focusing on fantasy sports and sports betting. He's on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, but he's with us every week. All right, we teased this earlier, Hardline, your college hoop prop bets, so spill them. Who you who you saying people should actually bet on in the long range? So a lot of times, you know, um, the previous one, at least one of the previous Final Four teams usually finds a way to make it back and wins the year afterwards. Uh, last year was Kansas. We all picked Kansas. I thought Kansas was really good. Thought Kansas would win it in, in um, the year it got postponed, twenty twenty. Fortunately, it didn't. Baylor came the the year before that, after that, and then took it from there. I think the Tar Heels probably have the best chance to go back this year and win it all. Solid team. Uh, great for Herbert Davis in his first year being at the helm, taking over for Roy Williams. You know, there was some questions. Would he be able to sustain the program or hold him at such a high caliber? And he did a magnificent job last year. Uh, with that being said, I probably would bet on them uh, as USC is heavy, UNC is heavy favorite at plus 1,200. Uh, the next team that I really like after that is Arkansas. For some reason, they don't get a lot of love, uh, but they're a solid program. They've been in the final, the Elite Eight the last, not last year, but the but two years before that, two years in a row. I think that they're a solid program. I would go with Arkansas as well. And then to round it off would be UCLA. Uh, UCLA is a magnificent team. Uh, unfortunately, it fell to Gonzaga. That was one of the issues that they had kind of going forward, that back-and-forth game with the with the big shots at the end. Uh, I, I think that they could run the gambit as well. Again, it all depends on who gets put in what bracket or what uh, what side of the bracket and where it goes, and that makes a huge difference. All righty. Sounds good. All right, let's go to Monday well, Night Football. Uh, the Eagles are still undefeated. they got the Commanders. What are you looking at that? You know what? Here's the thing. It's easy to write the commanders off. Um, and I know they're they're a ten and a half point underdog to the Eagles. I'm gonna hedge and I'm gonna say the Eagles will win on money line. Uh it's minus five fifty, but it's a divisional game. And regardless of how bad teams are, they it's a different type of, of game when it's some with a divisional rival that you have. Uh do I think that the Commanders will beat them? No, but do I think they might keep within that ten and a half point margin? It's possible. Um, it, it's it's hard to bet against Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, and uh, and Smith and Goddard, Goddard. But at the same time, at some point, the wheels are going to fall off. I don't think that this is a team that's going to go undefeated throughout the regular season. I think at some point they're going to get a loss. Uh, for their confidence, and I know a lot of people don't like this, I think it's better to lose early and to build back up than it is to lose late and go a little bit into panic mode. Makes sense. Interesting because if I, yeah, if I had a pick right now, who I think the best team in the National Football League is, and when they get healthy, it's the Baltimore Ravens. That they are going to be on bottom. Playing the Panthers this, uh, this weekend, a twelve and a half point favorite. Give it to us. Uh yeah. So uh, it's it's come out today that PJ Walker won't be the starting quarterback. He has a high ankle sprain uh, for Sunday's game. Again, this is early on. We don't know necessarily moving forward if anything's going to change, like we saw with the Matt Ryan situation or with uh, Josh Allen last week, where we were told they were going to be out even leading up till Friday, and then there was a switcheroo kind of going forward. Uh, but you look. Butthead Baker is taking over at the helm. Uh, 
We're going to see kind of what he what he's able to do uh, with this team. I don't think there's much to this team. I don't think it's going to go really much anywhere. I, I don't think they have an answer for Lamar Jackson. I don't think they have an answer if, if Mark Andrews comes back. Uh, I, I think that Baltimore wins this this game resoundingly, and I think they cover the 12 and a half. All right. Also, uh, next Sunday, a game that we never thought would be that interesting, but the Lions and the Giants, and uh, the fact they're both coming off some pretty interesting wins as well. So what are you, what are you picking there? Yeah, so, you know, look, the Lions are on a, a two-game win streak, uh, especially two games in their division. They beat Green Bay, which a lot of us didn't – a lot of people didn't think that they would beat them. Uh, you know, look, we told them, we told all of our fans to take the Lions uh, last week, you know, plus three and a half, and they covered. Again, they won against the, the Chicago Bears this year, the same Bears that beat the San Francisco 49ers who are looking really good this year because uh, they're starting to get healthy right now. I, I think that the Giants are a very good team right now. Um, they're sitting in the, in the wild card spot or is still in the hunt right now. Uh, nothing's over and done with, especially because they're keeping pace with Dallas. And you know what? As funny as it is, Detroit's still in the wild card hunt as well. Uh, I just saw the visual yesterday that they're still in the hunt. But I think the Giants get the edge. I don't think Detroit has an answer for uh, how good the Giants running game is. I think a lot of people haven't really looked at how good the Giants running game is this year because they're top five in rushing the ball. Uh, I think that the Giants get the win. I got a script, but I got two games. Give me a, give me a money line real quick, Green Bay and Tennessee, the Thursday night game. And give me the over-unders, 47 on Dallas and uh, Minnesota. Go. Give me a, give me a gut feeling on Green Bay, Tennessee. Green. Huge game. Okay, so uh, gut feeling Green Bay, Tennessee, Tennessee wins. Uh, I, I, I don't think that – even though we saw a, a, the best game we've seen for the for the Packers all season last Sunday, I don't think that they're going to get over on Tennessee. I think Tennessee gets to win. In terms of Dallas and Minnesota, I think that it's going to go over. I mean, look, both of them have great receivers, uh, high-powered offenses. And as crazy as this sounds, I think that Dallas looked better on Sunday without Ezekiel Elliott than they have the rest of the season with them. Hmm. Interesting. All right, let's talk about some fantasy picks. People are going to want to be putting their teams together as we're getting towards the end of the season, and uh, they're probably uh, having some close competition. So uh, any fantasy picks you can tell people to maybe go after that they don't have that they should be looking at? Yeah, so uh, if you if you're make your push towards uh, the playoffs, Christian Watson, definitely from what we saw, that's probably the best receiver that, that yeah. Aaron Rodgers has. Right now in Green Bay, he's going to start getting a ton of targets. Uh, they're going to pepper him, especially if Alan Lazard stays out. Uh, I don't know the extent of his injury right now, if he's going to be due back Thursday or not. I know it's a short week for him, so they might keep him out again. So definitely Christian Watson. Uh, in terms of if you need a tight end, which tight end play is always difficult, Foster Moreau for the Raiders. Uh, with Hunter Renfro out, Darren, Darren Waller out right now, uh, it's really coming between uh, Foster Moreau and uh, Devontae Adams and getting those those touches. And then if you also need another wide receiver, uh, Tooney from Kansas city, what a great game that he had on Sunday. Uh, I am going to assume that they're going to start giving them more balls, especially if uh, Juju Smith Schuster can't play this week because